Hello and welcome to Yes You Can with Virginia Phillips. I am Virginia Phillips, your entrepreneurial coach. If this is your first time listening to Yes You Can, this is where entrepreneurs get inspired and get insider tips for success. On the previous couple of episodes, we discussed your why and we discussed building communities. If you missed them, go back and listen to them for great insider tips. We have new episodes every week, and today we have a phenomenal episode. We have Connor Gillivan, who is a 27-year-old serial entrepreneur. I love it. He mm-hmm. started his first company out of a college dorm room. The, some of the best stories start there, so I can't wait to hear what he's got to say. He scaled it up to over $25 million on the Amazon marketplace. Today, Connor is the CMO, for those of you that don't know, that's the chief marketing op officer of freeup.com, a company that connects top freelance talent with business owners online. Connor is a published author and an author of connorgillivan.com. Welcome, Connor. Give us a little bit more information, how you ended up here today, why you decided in your dorm room to do your business. We want to know more. Of course. Virginia, thanks for having me on the show today. I appreciate it. Welcome. So, um, yes, the, I can give you my entrepreneurial story. So like yes, you said, um, my first official business was started while I was um, studying as a student in, in college. But um, it, my entrepreneurial journey really starts back when I was in high school. I, I grew up in upstate New York. Um, I, I live in Denver, Colorado today, but I, I grew up in upstate New York and went to college in Connecticut. And my first job that I had at the age of 14 was working with my cousin who had started his own landscaping business and uh, had created his own entrepreneurial life. So at a young age, I was exposed to someone that I had already looked up to and I saw how he was able to build a business from the ground up, um, you know, build a family, get married, uh, buy a house and, and really create the, the life that he wanted to live. And it was something that I was immediately attracted to. So that was kind of my introduction to entrepreneurship. Um, fast forwarding to my, my years in college, I, I met my business partner. His name is Nathan. And I continue to work with him today on Free Up. But we met together in a business law class while we were going to the same college. And I had heard on campus that he was starting a business of buying textbooks back from students at the end of semesters and then selling them on the very popular Amazon marketplace. And I, I was intrigued by the, by the opportunity. I was always interested by the internet and I was always looking to sink my teeth and time into my first real business. And so we teamed up. I, I ended up learning everything about the, the business that he had created in the first six months. And we worked on that for um, about four years, and I, we can go into it a little bit more. Um, I'm sure you'll have some questions. And then after about four years of building up a team and uh, figuring out all of our systems and operations for selling on Amazon, we were frustrated by how you could hire independent contractors or freelancers through the internet. And so we decided to create our own solution, and that's what FreeUp is today, and that's what I spend my, my time on um, every day now. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much my journey. Um, we can, we can kind of go back and, and go into some details of each if you'd like, but, uh, that's really where I've, how I've gotten to where I am today. 
and I love how the fact that you and Nathan met in a law class and are still working together years later. I don't see that ending anytime soon, by the way. Agreed. Yeah, he, uh, we were definitely very different people when we were in college. Um, I mean, you go through a lot of personal discovery when you're in college and we, we had a lot of arguments as we were first building the, the Amazon business. But um, over the years, we've, we've built a lot of trust with each other and uh, it's a it's a very respectful relationship now, and I agree. I think we'll be working together for years to come. So I'm very fortunate to to have him as a business partner. And there's a lot there, and hopefully we'll get time to cover some of that. But I want to go back to those early days that the two of you were working together in that dorm room. Mm-hmm. One of my first questions is, how did you get the word out to people? Mm, great question. So. Um, it started pretty slow. Uh, we, we really just wanted to kind of trial and error. Uh, and this has been kind of a, a theme throughout our, our entrepreneurial career. Um, so we, we went to friends first, our, our friends on campus, and we were just asking them, you know, can we buy your textbooks back for prices higher than what the bookstore is offering you? Um, and a lot of them were fine with that. If we could give them an extra $10 that they could use in their, their college fund, I mean, why wouldn't they do that? Right. And so... We would buy these textbooks back, and then the, the real experiment was figuring out how to list them on Amazon. Um, so we had to create the account, we had to list the product and you know put up all the right information and, and then price it at the right way that we could actually generate a sale. And then once we started receiving some sales, it was figuring out, okay, now we have to put this into a box and put the right... Uh, shipping label onto it, bring it to UPS, and then ship it to the customer, um, and then handle any customer service if, if we run into any issues. So that was really the, the first six months to a year was figuring out all of those processes and finding out the best way to, to make all of that work so that uh, we were able to make a little bit of money as well. What do you think was your biggest hurdle in that time frame, Connor? Um, <laughs> I think it was just that we were, I mean, we were college students, we were young, we really didn't know anything about running a business. We had no idea really what the Amazon marketplace was as we, we first got into it. Um, so everything was just new to us. Uh, and, and we ran into a, a lot of hurdles of balancing our time between going to classes and enjoying the social life of college um, with you know sitting in our dorm room and putting them into boxes and, and shipping them out to the right customers. Uh, so there was there was just a lot of balancing acts that we had never run into uh, in our in our life before. Well, and it's unlike anybody else. Whether you're 20 and building a business, or you're 40 and building a business the first time, those mm-hmm. are hurdles anybody's going to experience. How do you balance your time? How do you make sure there's time for family and relationships and business? Mm-hmm. What was one of the things that ended up really working for you as you maneuvered through that balance of time? Was it a calendar? Mm-hmm. Was it accountability? What What was that one thing that you said that really helped us balance that time? Yeah, it, it really was scheduling specific time slots where we were working on the business together. So um, I, I can remember we it was a certain semester where we both finished classes around the same time, uh, let's say, you know, 3 p.m. And then we said from 3.30 to 6.30 or 7.30, we were going to go to each other's, at this point we were living in a college house, and we were going to go to each other's houses, and we would just spend that time working on the business together and making sure we understood everything and learning more and creating new processes. 
Um, so setting that time apart where we just focused on that and didn't allow distractions to come in, that was definitely huge for us at first as we were trying to balance all the time. I have to believe that that is so true. <laughs> One of the things that I am eager to ask is, how did you manage the inventory? Did you have like half the dorm room full of books? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a great question, and it, it always makes me laugh when when people when, when I talk about this because there were times when um, the business had first started, and I would walk into uh, Nate's dorm room, and it was a triple. So there were uh, there was a bunk bed, there was a loft, there were three desks. Um, and then in one of the corner of the rooms, there was just a, a huge stack of, you know, maybe close to 100 books that uh, we had bought and, and were getting ready to ship out after they were bought on Amazon. So it was very, I mean, books were everywhere. It was just kind of, um, it, was, it was a little bit of a mess. I wouldn't say that we had an awesome system for managing all of the, the book inventory when we first started. Um, so it was just kind of a, a go on the fly and, and figure it out as, as we went. It seemed to work well enough for you. I, I would assume you would have had a, at least a client or two that wasn't happy with the service. Did did you have to deal with any of those things early on, Connor? Of course. I mean, when you when someone's buying something online, there's there's always bound to be a mistake or um, you know sending the wrong book to the the wrong customer or uh, the book arrived in a condition that they didn't think was properly described on the listing. Uh, there were plenty of customer service issues that we ran into and uh, had to figure out how to make them happy or get them the right book as soon as possible. There were, uh, yeah, there were a lot of things that we had to go through there, a lot of, a lot of frustrations. So if we fast forward a little bit, this, this business begins to take off. At some point, the two of you graduate college. How do you transfer that business from a dorm room to, to something else? Mm. Yeah, great question. So at the time that we were graduating, we were also looking to get away from the just the textbook business, and a lot of a lot of because of what we've just been talking about, right? We we had all these textbooks. It was hard to manage them and to be shipping them and packing them and then handling returns and along all these lines, kind of warehouse operations, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and so we we made a transition. We made a decision to start working with manufacturers that could work with us through dropship relationships. Um, and for anyone who's listening uh, that, that isn't familiar with dropshipping, uh, it's a relationship between a seller or a retailer. Um, so that was us. We were selling directly to the, the end customer. Uh, it's a relationship between the seller and the manufacturer. So the manufacturer is the person building the product and creating it and putting it in their warehouse. Um, and it's a relationship where they give us permission to list their products online. Mm -hmm. And then as the end customer purchases that from us, we tell the manufacturer to ship it to the customer. Um, so we were able to transition into a business model where we were no longer dealing with physical inventory. Um, we were starting to deal with digital inventory in a sense. Well, and, and what I'm hearing through all of this, Connor, as, as we fast forward a little bit more, mm -hmm. at some point, there's work here that the two of you are not accomplishing. What what mm. happens at that point? How do you get additional assistance? What what mm -hmm. happens through that hiring process? Yeah, great question. So we actually ran into that while we were still in college, um, and we hired some of our college friends to help out. Um, some worked out, you know, some didn't take it as seriously as we wish they had, but um, all is good at the end. And um, the once we were out of college, 
we, we took hiring a lot more seriously. Um, we learned a lot about the different places where you could recruit people from around you. Um, we set up an interview process that really focused on um, someone's skills, uh, someone's values or their attitude and um, how they relate to our company culture, and then also how they communicate with us in terms of, um, you know, if they run into conflict, how do they handle that? If they have a new idea, are they open to sharing that with us and, and trying to move forward with it? Um, so we set up an interview process and uh, we started to put people through it. And over time, we, we were able to build up a, a good-sized team because uh, running any business, you as the business owner, you can't do everything at the end of the day. Um, and if you try to, if, to my understanding or to my belief, you'll, you'll eventually... Um, not be as happy as you could be if you've surrounded yourself with other smart individuals. Well, you, you also can burn out. I was hearing a story yesterday about a, a doctor who's had his practice for seven years and he's mm. still working till midnight every night. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of stress to put on yourself, um, yeah. especially for seven years. <laughs> yeah. So you, you talk about some of this hiring process in your book, free up your business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I look on page 48 here and it says applicants that you interview must have the right skills, attitude, and communication. Mm -hmm. But, but this idea that you had to really come up with a system for hiring kind of morphed into a whole nother business. Am I, is that correct? It is, yeah. So, so we to kind of give you some background, we we use that strategy to first hire people local. Um, so we had an office, we hired people, uh, we brought them into our office. We had some full time employees, we had some part time employees, and then we were introduced to by another entrepreneur um, to the idea of outsourcing or to hiring people, whether they're in the U.S. or really anywhere in the world that are freelancers or independent contractors. And so we, we learned about that and we found some websites where you could find those types of people. And we took that same interview process and, and we applied it to hiring people remotely as well. Mm -hmm. What are the advantages of hiring somebody remotely versus having them as an employee? Sure. So hiring someone remotely, if you go outside of the United States, you can usually get a, a lower cost. Um, so that's always advantageous if you're uh, running a business, if you're bootstrapping it and you're running it on a, a lean budget, that can help you in those areas. Um, the other advantages are you can find people that have very specific skill sets that apply to different aspects of your business. Um, and you can place them into those areas of your business rather than trying to hire a full-time person uh, to cover, let's say, all of, let's say, five or six different areas. You hire five or six different people part-time um, and they're very specialized within those, whereas a full-time person may be specialized in one or two, but is trying to learn and, and pick up on the others. Um, so it really gives you access to top talent within specific tasks uh, that you may not have been able to gain access to if you had hired just a full-time employee. So you all are now gathering all these people with the specific skill sets, and you decide to open up another business called Free Up. For those mm -hmm. of you that don't know, they spell free a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Their website is at least F-R-E-E-U-P. Why, I'm sorry, F-R-E-E-U-P.com. Mm -hmm. Why in the world did you add the extra E to free? 
Yeah, so there were two reasons. Um, the first was when we started the business and our background is in with, with an e-commerce, um, we wanted to have some form of e-commerce within our logo. Um, and so we added that third E to represent e-commerce. Um, and the, the second reason, more pressing, was that um, we found out that Verizon owns freeup.com with two E's. Um, and it would have cost us a, a good chunk of cash to purchase that domain name from them. Um, so we, we kind of had to get creative and, and figure out how to keep that name because we really liked it, um, but also turn it into our, our own thing. And, and that's where that, that third E came in. Well, and I love that you say that because so often in business, Connor, it is the hurdles that we face that allow us to get a little more creative with our business. Hmm. And I think you've developed a brand here that people will remember. Oh, yes, they're the company with threes. Right. Yeah, we've, we, we've had it. It's been very consistent since we started. We on podcasts like this and um, in other places, we're always we always say that, you know, free up with three E's. Um, and and it, has, it has come to be known with our brand for sure. And that's not something entrepreneurs always think about, but they also don't always think about outsourcing. So we've talked a bit about the outsourcing skill sets that you can look at. Mm -hmm. But in your book, I believe you talk about, I recall reading it in your book, mm -hmm. that there are specific tasks that you farm out. Why do you farm out one specific task and not another? Give us some ideas. What makes a, a good task to farm out, Connor? Yeah, great question. Um, so over time, I, I've definitely become more of a, a proponent of um, hiring contractors over employees. Um, I, I just think there's a, there's a lot of different advantages, but um, there, I think there are specific things that you, you definitely can contract out and you'll, you'll see success with. Um, so a, a few of the ones that, that I've seen a lot of success with and that I mentioned in the book as well. Um, the first one is if you're running a business and you're doing any type of online marketing and trying to attract people with your, your content, um, a really good one that you could contract out is to blog writing. Um, so you may only need one or two blogs every, let's say every week or every month, whatever it is. So it doesn't require someone that's going to be regularly in your office or working a extraneous amount of hours. Um, and so you could find someone that specializes in it. They, they'll write for a, a number of other publications and businesses as well as a part of their freelancing business. Um, and you create a good relationship with them where they understand your brand, they understand the type of voice and writing that you want to do, um, and then they just write articles for you as you ask them to. Um, so it's kind of that on-demand type of position where uh, it gives you access to someone so you don't have to write those blog articles um, and you know that they're going to be done at a high quality. So that's kind of one example and I kind of went into a few of the things that, that make it advantageous to have a contract worker over an employee. And I, I love how you can just take the question and really frame it so that it's easy to understand for our listeners. You remember those days that you were, you know, building the business and you were just overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the reasons I love freeup.com. For folks that are looking to outsource, why would they want to choose you over the several other places they could go find an outsourcing expert? Yeah, great question. So the way that we're a little bit different is that we actually have a team in our business that sole focus is to uh, interview and vet 
all of the freelancers that want to join our network. Um, so if you go to some of the other sites, um, I mean, there's a bunch. There's Upwork, which is one of the biggest. There's freelancer.com. There's Fiverr.com. Um, you know, if you just search freelance, hire a freelancer online, you're going to run into a bunch of these bigger players. Um, and for them, <clears throat> any freelancer could sign up and start to offer their services. You or I could go on there, create an account, um, say we're you know very good at business, and, and we can start trying to consult people um, with free up. We have this team that puts people through the interview process that we were talking about earlier, where we look at their skills, we look at their attitude, we look at their communication, and then we only allow the top 1% of all applicants into the network. So as a business owner, if, when you come to free up, you know that you're getting introduced to someone that's already gone through our, our interview process and that you could really trust and that has experience in working with clients in the past. And I find that incredible service that you provide new startup entrepreneurs because I tell you, when you feel overwhelmed, you don't even know where to begin to search for additional help. And in your service, it's fairly easy to just log on and say, this is what I need help with. And you deliver us people with talent. A am I correct with that? Yeah, 100% accurate. Um, there's no fees or anything to sign up. You can create an account. Um, you can fill out a request and say exactly who you need. So I, I'd mentioned the, the blog as an example, but um, another example might be someone that could help you run your social media accounts. Uh, let's say you don't have the time in the day to create a content calendar and make sure that everything's posted correctly across your social channels. Um, you, could, you could tell us that you need that person. We then see, see what your budget is, see what the person is you're, you're looking for, and then we make it available to the freelancers in our network. And on a first come first serve basis, we'll introduce you to someone that fits all of the details of who you're looking for. Um, and then you can speak with them and, and see if it's a good fit. If it is, you can hire them and then all of the billing and everything is handled through us. But if it isn't a fit, you just let us know and we'll introduce you to someone else. Is it really that simple? If, if I select somebody and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're not what I thought they were going to be like I didn't make that decision as good as I thought I could is it that simple to say free up I, I, I just want a different person yeah so there's a button right in your account where you can say uh, pass on this freelancer and, and give feedback um, and, and you can give whatever reason your feedback is for not liking them and we'll introduce you to someone else there's no harm no foul freelancers understand that uh, not every relationship works out and uh, they'll just keep trying to work with different clients. And so we don't need to worry about our reputation within your organization of, of outsourcing experts if we've made maybe an incorrect decision or our business has pivoted a little bit and they were a fit and they're not a fit anymore. Mm -hmm. That's kind of normal for them. Yeah, agreed. They're, yeah, they're very used to project-based um, clients and they're not offended at all. If you have to hire them and then let them go for a little bit and come back to them, uh, they're running their own business as well and they understand that some clients are going to be very consistent, some will be on and off, um, so it's very understandable for them. But that is such an incredible service that you all provide. What if we wanted to be one of these experts? How do we do that, Connor? Hmm, great question. Yeah, so to become an expert, you go through um, our application process. So right on the website, you'll see a, a button at the top that says apply to be a freelancer. Uh, that brings you to a form that you know asks for 
a lot of information about you and your background and your experience uh, and, and kind of what skills you'd be looking to offer. And then if you make it through that stage, there's an interview with someone from our team where they ask you some more questions and, and figure out if you'd be a good fit. And then if you make it through the interview process, um, you'll be onboarded and, and given an expert account where you can then see all projects being posted by clients that are hiring through the network. Do you have to have like 20 years of experience, a certain number of followers, et cetera, et cetera, to qualify as an expert? Or are you looking for a specific skill set? Um, no. So there's no strict requirements on years of experience or anything. Um, we, we typically aren't a marketplace for super new freelancers, um, just because we, we look for people who have some experience and, um, and have a track record of working with clients. Um, but anyone is welcome to apply. Uh, you don't need to have a specific skill set. We have over 65 right now that we offer through the marketplace. So chances are you'll fall into one of those. Um, and if it's completely new, then we're, we're absolutely happy to, to welcome you to the marketplace as well. Such, such service you offer to entrepreneurs, whether in their startup phase or they're in the harvest phase. I love that you are a part of my network and anybody that's listening to this, Connor is now a part of your network. Don't hesitate to reach out to him. He can be reached in several different ways. Freeup.com is one of them. But Connor, you have some other ways we can connect with you, correct? Yes, of course. So I'm, I'm pretty active on social media, mostly on Facebook and LinkedIn. So, you know, add me there. Feel free to message me there as well. Um, and Virginia, I'll give you my, uh, my calendar as well. So if anyone, you know, wants to follow up and tell me about their business and see if I can provide any advice on, on helping them outsource or even just grow their business without hiring, um, I'm happy to chat with them and I'll give you my calendar link so they can book a time. How phenomenal is that? We will be sure to put that in the show notes so people can reach out to Connor directly. But the two areas that you are, I know of the best expert is building that e-commerce business and helping us either show our expertise as outsourcing or get some help by outsourcing tax, tasks to other people. Yeah, completely agree. I can definitely help in those areas. I just want to be sure that our listeners understand, <laughs> uh, you know, some of your expertise and where specifically to reach out to you. I want to give you the floor for a couple of minutes, Connor, and share with us anything else that comes to mind. Any last minute tips? The floor is yours. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. So uh, one tip that I like to always share with people, and uh, it's, it's more of a mindset when you're going into building a business but I, I learned a lot about it as I've been building my companies and it's still something that I continue to implement every single day. And it's just going into running a business with a trial and error mindset. Um, so my, my advice is to, as you're going through things with your business, um, and even if you're just getting started with your initial idea, um, you always want to test out a variety of ideas. You want to um, you know, go to different types of customers offer them slightly different ideas, um, measure the results of what those customers' responses are, uh, make slight adjustments, and kind of repeat that process until you, you find that one idea or that one strategy that really works well for you. Um, and, and this can be applied across all different aspects of your business. Um, well, let me just give you another example that could be pretty concrete. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you're using social media to bring in new customers to your business, uh, a test that you might do is 
trying to find Facebook groups in your local area or within your industry niche where you could go in and meet people and show your expertise and add value to the group um, and see if over time those pe some of those people could turn into customers for you. Um, now, every group may not work, but that's why you test out a, a few groups, let's say every week, and, and maybe you find some that are home runs and that becomes a, a really great customer uh, funnel for you, so to speak, and, and that's, a, that's a great win for your business. Um, so that's just that's one piece of advice. Always approach things with trial and error. Uh, and then uh, another piece of advice is to fire quickly and to hire slowly. Um, we, we learned this and uh, it can really hurt your business if you make a bad hire. Um, and it's going to happen to everyone. Um, you know, we went through tons of bad hires and you know, we even still make some mistakes. But it's always smart if you realize within the first week, within the first day, um, if you've realized within the first hour that it's just not the fit for whatever reason, they don't have the skills you thought they did or uh, their attitude just doesn't align with how your business works, just let them go quickly. It's, it's one of the hardest things to do as an entrepreneur to fire someone. Um, I know that I get butterflies in my stomach and, and have a really bad feeling after doing it every single time, um, but it's going to be for the best of your business. Um, so that's, that's something to keep in mind. And then on the other side of that, hire slowly. So we, we were talking a lot about contractors or employees and who you're going to hire for your business as you're growing. Um, my advice is, is always to hire slowly. Find little areas within your business, a couple hours every day, a couple hours every week that it would be really helpful to take off your plate. Hire one person for that, work with them, create a relationship with them, make sure that it's a good fit um, and, and be confident that they're handling that part of your business and then move on to the next thing. Um, don't try to hire quickly where you're just, boom, here's five things, let me hire five people. Uh, it's gonna be hard to manage them, it's gonna be hard to work with them over time and really scale up that team. So, you know, those are, those are a few pieces of advice, a lot of lessons that I've learned over the period of the last eight years that um, I'm happy to share and hopefully it helps some of the listeners as well. Thank you, thank you very much, Connor. It is that time where we say, I hope you've enjoyed today's interview with Connor Gillibin, the CMO of FreeUp.com. And you have learned a ton of tips today about how to outsource, how to build your e-commerce business, how to hire, how to fire. So much packed information in here. There will be full show notes, links to the episode, as well as our social media links can all be found at aoeenow.com slash podcast. As always, the best part about the show is our listeners. Thank you again, Connor, for being here today. We appreciate you, and at some point, maybe we'll have you back on the show. Awesome. Thanks, Virginia.